This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your host, Matt Scalina. Matt, today we've got a phenomenal episode. We have Jeff Langford from JDL Homes, family-owned business, couple brothers. Couple brothers from out east. Sounds familiar. It does. It's, uh, These guys are a little stronger. Little, they, maybe even a little brighter. He can grow a proper beard. <laughs> yeah, there's... They've, some, they've got some distinct some. characteristics that we don't have as brothers. He's got he can pick things up that are yeah. heavy, <laughs> yeah. uh, and he can grow facial hair. Um, no, but Jeff, we just had Jeff. Jeff is Jeff bit, Langford, yeah, super fan, nice guy, fantastic guy. I feel like Jeff. Jeff's got a way about him that he could be a, a TV personality on like a uh, like a TLC show almost or something. He like, definitely does have that ab- way like, about uh, him. Yeah, like a, what's the what's the one where they're they're testing theories you know that show the oh i, I was I, thinking like on a building show yeah no i feel that way too i feel like he could be <laughs> you're talking could, about like a science could, show no he could be no though well there's the i god it's been on forever uh the, they're testing everybody's saying it out loud right now i just can't figure it out but they're testing if stuff is actually could be true oh so for example they hear they heard that somebody could hold their breath underwater for Five minutes, and then they test that theory to see Mythbusters. Oh, right. Okay, I've never seen that. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Okay, well, the other thing I'm thinking of is uh, Ice Road Truckers, or something <laughs> along those lines. I feel like he could be on a variety of those shows. Either way, 
It was a great talk. <laughs> There's tons of useful information. And we're talking to Jeff today about the bog. Yeah, the bog, the peat bog. And and here's here's the thing. Uh, we talk, we get really, we go really deep with uh, Jeff. Because his literally. company, uh, which is JDL Homes Vancouver. Yes, Builds a lot of homes on peat bog here in Vancouver. So these guys, the perfect... they build a lot of homes just in general. Yeah, period. Right? right. And and they definitely. Uh, I I can imagine not a lot of builders like it's it. There's some challenges when you're building on peat bog, and uh, we discussed those today. And it's probably you know not a, not everyone would like to take those challenges on as a builder. I bet. It's probably yeah. easier projects. I, I feel like there's much easier projects, and they're called spec homes <laughs> on, <laughs> online that doesn't sink. Whereas sure. these guys are doing custom homes. Jeff said he likes a challenge. Yeah, and he'll take on a challenge, and and that excites him. And uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a great conversation. Fantastic guys, uh, fantastic company. Um, one thing about uh, for people that are not familiar familiar with the boglands in Vancouver, um, Vancouver. Uh, had a lot of swamps and riverbeds that were kind of running throughout the city. And and these are, like, a lot of people think of this as Trout Lake, right? You think about, like, around bodies of water where this might be the case. But in reality, there's there's Bogland in Carisdale, Arbutus, Canby, Fraser, Mount Pleasant, um, of course, around Trout Lake, uh, Over, Hastings, yeah, Hastings, Sunrise, Hastings and Boundary. There's pockets in right southeast Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. I, am I dreaming this or have I seen an old photo of a guy... In a canoe? In a canoe in East Vancouver where you're like, oh, there's the great flood of it. And I was like, no, that was just East Vancouver. That was just... East, yeah, he was just uh, going on a craft beer tour <laughs> in 1904. <laughs> uh, no, that there is actually... Uh, there, I, there I've are, seen that photo. I, I think. think I might have even had that photo at some time. But there... Yeah, East Van was... Uh, it, it was swamp and marshland. So right. You could definitely travel by canoe at one point. Um, these these swamps and riverbeds were drained and they were built on. And what most people will be familiar with is when you're driving around these neighborhoods, you'll see the streets are kind of cresting. The sidewalks are often very uneven. And uh, I was at a house last week that was on bog and the house itself had sunk on one side. Mm-hmm. So it was actually like, and it, it wasn't like hard to see. The whole house was just completely not plumb level. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it's uh, it's something that a, a lot of people have lived with for a long time. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a great conversation. I think the the exciting parts about this conversation are uh, it's it's a conversation that really allows you to understand what the challenges are. Right. When buying, why why or why not to avoid peat. Uh, what the challenges are, what the challenges are to build on it. Uh, it's it's a great conversation. It is a great conversation. But before we get to our conversation with Jeff, Matt, we got to talk about our sponsor, Oakland Realty. That's right. Oakland Realty. This is our brokerage, best brokerage in town, top 200 growing companies in Canada. It's impressive. It, it is impressive. It's a young company, but man, they've done a lot in what the five, six years they've been around. That's for sure. Head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP2020. This is, of course, for aspiring agents, new agents, agents looking to make a change. It's a brokerage that will get you excited and uh, get you productive. And take you to the next level. And take you to the next level. Absolutely. Right. So definitely head over there and, and check out oakland.com. And Matt, also, um, we got to talk about the Sellers Club. We got to talk about the Sellers Club is right. I feel like we're in mid-October, but yes. man, 
Is it me or are listings ramping up? It feels busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in general, I think it, I think a lot of people right now are trying to catch the fall market. Um, we do have some time before December, which historically has kind of been a, a slower But we'll period. see. In COVID, that's not necessarily the case. COVID, it's like all bets are off on timelines now. Exactly. Think People August. are sick of their families. <laughs> <laughs> they want to spend time selling real estate. That's right. Or buying it. Um, no, but really, it, it, it's up. It's up for anyone's uh, interpretation, I guess, right now, whether December will be busy or not. But it feels so busy right now that it's hard to imagine December being slow. That's right. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that it's going to uh, slow down too much. But I think we're really burying the lead. And that's about this exclusive club. Yes, yeah. The Sellers Club is the best place to get top performing action plans to sell your home for top dollar in the shortest amount of time. This is a no-obligation club. Volume 1 is out. It's got things like the sold plan, which stands for... Start on launch date. Start on launch date. That was an incredible acronym that Adam came up with. I'll give you full credit for that. But really, really useful information. It's free. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com and sign up for that. But maybe we've been chatting quite a bit here, and uh, this is this is a good episode. If I'm, you I, live I in yeah, if you live in Vancouver and you are contemplating buying a home or building a home, this is this is must or just must interested listen. in why you keep tripping over the sidewalk. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, this is a great episode. Uh, without further ado, our conversation with Jeff Langford from JDL Homes Vancouver. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Jeff Langford from JDL Homes. How are you doing, Jeff? Great, thank you very much. Let's say JDL Homes Vancouver. JDL Homes Vancouver, yeah. That's we fine. Want, we want to make sure that people can find you. But uh, Jeff, can you maybe start by telling our, our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm... Uh I'm, it partners with my brother, Doug, and that's where the JDL comes from, Jeff and Doug Langford. So that's that, uh, so that's that story. We started in Vancouver about 15 years ago or so, building for ourselves. Um, I didn't have the heart for that kind of work. So we, uh, but in the process, uh, people would see our work, they liked our work, asked them to do work for them, and basically it started as renovations and few years later, we incorporated a few years after that, we were building new homes and that's the, that's the history. And, and wow. you guys build almost exclusively custom homes. That's correct. Yeah. Now we're, we're full custom homes and renovations at this point. Yeah. Just uh, thinking about that, like you didn't have the heart of it, heart for it, like you didn't have it, the nerves of steel that it takes to, be right. to carry to carry a <laughs> to carry a bunch of lots and <laughs> exactly and, and to, weather storms to, exactly to wait months and months and months for you know a possible sale or not um, it it it's a tough game and I have a lot of respect for the people that do it and that is just not me one hundred percent you know it's funny like I in my neighborhood um, I just watch a lot of single families. Uh, are being turned into duplexes right now. And those guys buy, you know, it's like down market. Those guys are buying lots. Uh, COVID, those guys are buying lots. Yeah, they're just pumping through. And I often think like, man, you see the guy pull up and it's like, and at certain points, he yeah. looks, he usually looks like he doesn't sleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're winning some and they're losing some and you just, they, they just let it roll off their back, I guess, and, and, and carry on. But 
again, that's that's definitely not us. We <laughs> we we enjoy building quality homes for for good people, and that's that's where I'm comfortable. Yeah, is it is it stressful building for people? It must be as well. It it was early on when you know you're you're eager to get the work and so on, but um, you, you might not have all of your um, uh, your wants and needs in alignment, right? So we're really good now at finding our people, the people that want to build a quality home and and so on. So we're, we're very good at that vetting process. And that's really important. And in those early days, you're trying to take everything you can to build a name. Right. And, and in some cases, you're taking projects that you shouldn't have because you don't see eye to eye with the client, right? And that's that's got nothing to do with the client. That's just they have specific personality. We do. And if you don't see eye to eye, then it doesn't work, right? Right. So it, it was more often in the early days. Right. Not so much now. And do you guys, like, when do people bring you on typically? <sighs> in a lot of cases, too late. Um, and again, I'll actually speak on that today when we're regarding uh, building on Pete. It, the earlier, the better with, uh, with, with bringing on a builder in terms of we've actually had a lot of successful uh, partnerships with people where we actually help them buy the lot and actually help them find a house. And we go through to the open houses with them. We talk about the pros and cons of this style of architecture and, and uh, the generation that it was built in and the pros and cons. And uh, so, so the, the earlier the better. Quite often we're brought on after drawings are done. And so that's when things start to get a little negative or frustrating for clients because they um, – uh, a lot of the decisions have already been made regardless of the budget and so on, right? Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's it's really important to bring us on early because we know how to achieve the client's goals, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we also know exactly how much everything costs where, you know, a designer architect may not be in touch or in, in tune as much as we are. Right. Right? So. I, yeah, a little bit more pie in the sky, I guess. Well, yeah, and, and – they they have a job to do and their job is to to create something beautiful yeah. right and and uh and of course the the client and the architect they can start to have fun together and they jive together and things are looking beautiful and you know sometimes it's the job of the builder to say well wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute let's see how much this is all going to cost it looks <laughs> yeah. beautiful on paper but how much is it going to cost is it going to work within your right. budget right you know just uh um thinking here before we get in too deep into to kind of Pete and what we're mm-hmm, talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, so you and your brother are from, uh, like before we went live, I just mentioned, you know, we're brothers working real estate in Vancouver from Manitoba originally. You guys are from Ontario. That's how, how did you get your start as builders out here? Well, um, our forefathers on my mother's side were actually master builders in uh, small town Ontario. Uh, we both, brother, my brother and I both grew up on our family farm. So you're doing a lot of building on the farm, not obviously to the extent of, you know, a nice house. Not building here. luxury homes. That's right. But <laughs> building nonetheless. And so it's it's in the family. You're working with your hands on the farm all the time. And so, of course, you know, m- my first few jobs off the farm were with other builders and lumber yards and so right. on and so forth. So it was always natural there. I put myself through post-secondary you know, as a handyman, you know, and so it's, it's always been a part of my life, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Right, right from the get-go. And, and how'd you guys end up in Vancouver? I followed my brother. He came out, he worked his way as a young man across Canada, as you do, and um, uh, working various jobs and, and in his 20s and then landed in Vancouver, enjoyed Vancouver and dabbled in, with real estate here. 
And then, of course, I was working in Toronto and had my own construction company in Toronto at the time. And we would communicate and talk. And wouldn't it be great if, you know, we buy this and you come over and we fix it? And then that's how the whole dream started. It was years of just talking on the phone. And and uh, then eventually I worked my way out. And, and that was it. Again, wow. as a young man. Yeah. That's a, that's a great story. I, I got to ask uh, just one, because you're talking about when people bring you on. I, I always wonder about the relationship of Pinterest and mm-hmm. for builders. <laughs> and I think about my wife, I'm just, this is, this is off this, off the cuff here, but yeah. I, I think about my, my wife's, uh, how much time she spends on Pinterest. Yeah. We've done a number of renovations. That's yeah. gotta be, is, is Pinterest a good or a bad thing <laughs> for the world? For the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's Pinterest is excellent at helping us, you know, see what's in the, the client's mind, right? They have an image and, and quite often clients bless them. They, they just can't articulate it, right? And so Pinterest is wonderful for that. However, you know, 90% of the images that they're seeing are, are from some country around the world, Scandinavia or down in Central America, and we cannot build anything remotely close to what they're seeing, right? right? right. So it uh, there is some heartbreak, you know, when, when you're looking at the photo, yeah, we can't do that, 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 or that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. we now see what you're going after. We just have to do it to, you know, Vancouver code. You're right? a Scandinavian modernist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's right? good but, to know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you, that drain sucks and it doesn't actually function in yeah, real life. Or, or that wood stove <laughs> that's three inches away from the kitchen cabinets, that doesn't actually work in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> so that, exactly. It's the double-edged sword, the Pinterest for sure. Well, yeah. well, one of the reasons, well, the main reason, Jeff, that we got in touch is, uh, well, we knew, we knew, we know the brand JDL. Um, but we also know that you guys have done a ton of building on peat bog in Vancouver. So can we maybe just start by kind of getting a bit of a loose definition of what, what is peat bog for people listening and they, they've never come across it? So peat in itself is uh, basically slow decomposing organic matter. It's plant matter. Um, so if you think of a marsh or, you know, the edges of a, a lake or pond, um, that is typically the peat where uh, the, the peat itself is, is mosses and so on that have built up over years and years and years and, uh, and then died and it's slowly decomposing. But the environment that uh, the peat creates, it's highly acidic, so it doesn't break down very quickly and it creates methane. It creates a lot of issues in the peat. And Vancouver has, you know, quite a few. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head how many exactly, but we'll there's link, quite a few. Yeah. There's quite a few. The map will show you exactly sure. how many are there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and it's funny because I actually just drove by uh, a property um, that I was just screening. I was actually on my way to another property I saw for sale sign. And it, it occurred to me, I looked at the street. I saw that the the the, the main street was kind of cresting. Mm-hmm. Um, the sidewalks were like a skateboarder's dream, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and it, it occurred to me, this is probably Pete. Or on on bog. That's right. And uh, and I checked the map, and sure enough, it was on bog. But there's kind of almost telltale signs in an area. Maybe depending how long the city's neglected redoing the streets and the sidewalks and the services, but you often see stuff, right? That's kind of indicative of that. Hundred percent. Yeah, everybody's seen it. Everybody's driven through those those areas where the 
the back lane is just, you know, crested in the middle. And of course, none of the gates work and all the masonry is cracked and you can see the houses are on level. And, and um, that's just, you know, par for the course on Pete for those houses that were unsupported properly, basically, back in the day when they were built. And yeah, so it's everywhere for sure. So I, I think some people that are uh, are listening are probably like, wait, so parts of Vancouver are built on a marsh? That's right. 100%. Yeah, and that's correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Marshes and creek beds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so what uh, what challenges does building on, on peat pose for, for you guys? Well, basically the peat doesn't have a lot of structure to it. It has some. Obviously, those houses along Trout Lake are still there, right? right? Um, and so there is some bearing to the peat. But the trouble is, is that the peat never stops breaking down. And there's methane in the peat, depending on how thick it is. And I think that's a really important uh, aspect to building on peat or buying a property in a peat bog area, is that it's not consistent at all. Um, we've had, we've built houses where the front of the house was on bearing soil. The back of the house itself was, uh, on eight feet of peat. So, you know, we were just on the edge of a peat bog, or you can be smack dab in the middle with 30 some odd feet of bog and blue clay beyond that. There's just nothing there. Right. And so that, that's really important when you're choosing, um, to build on the peat bog that you bring the builder along with you for that journey. Cause again, for me, um, I can pick up a phone. I have different contractors that will, you know, pile contractors or, uh, geotechnical engineers. I can call them, say, Hey, I'm on this block. And they're like, yeah, well, uh, we worked on a house just down the street or two houses down and there was 10 feet of peat. Right. It's not guaranteed, but at least you get a ballpark and then we can work on ballpark numbers until you get into the serious testing uh, and and dial in what needs to be done to that site. Right. Well, when you look at the map, it's it's funny because there's it's. It, the border of the of the peat is is not clean at all. That's it, right. It jets out. So I mean, you could have, you know, if you looked at a dozen houses on a on a city block, everyone you know, would be different. Yeah, yeah, every one of them would be completely different. And That's then right. there's usually, um, if you look, there's almost like a halo around the peat area that's kind of the liquefaction or Mm -hmm. liquefaction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of area Mm -hmm. where it's in ground that's kind of questionable as well. That's right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And during those seismic events, because you have to remember the peat itself, um, and don't quote me on this, but it's, you know, something like 400% water. It's like a sponge. It's a sponge full of water. And of course, you know, you could set something on top of that sponge and it would stay there and it would hold. And when that sponge dries out in the summertime, that whatever that object is, is going to sink. And then when it fills back up with water, it's going to come back again. And that's all, quite often what those houses, the current houses are doing is they're, they're coming up and down. They, there's an actual ebb and flow to, right. that, to that water table. And the, the water table is what really gives us the trouble with the peat, right? Or else we would just dig it out everywhere, right? But the trouble is there's a lake under there. And in, and in most cases, you're talking two, three, four feet below the surface, you're hitting water. Right. Yeah. So that's so, the that's the problem. So, okay. So we're kind of establishing the problem that, that 
a hundred years ago, you could have basically taken a canoe around uh, East Vancouver. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, in certain hundred and fifty years ago, we, and then we pa- and then we packed it full of. Uh, uh, well, what we did was we drained it, or we drained it. We okay. drained them. Yeah, we put in pipes and we drained these things, so to speak, to the point where it looks somewhat okay. And you know, we're trying to find more land. Okay, well, let's put some drains in here. This is a swamp. Let's drain the swamp. And let's build on them, right? Okay. And, and did they use sand to pack it? Or what was like the conventional 1940s, 1960s kind of They build? just built right on top like you would conventionally. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, the, the, the science wasn't there. The testing wasn't there. Um, and, of course, we didn't have the, the, the things like a, a helical pile. Those are relatively new uh, inventions in, in the building world to support these structures, right? To support these homes. Right. right. And yeah. so why do, so I guess, okay, so the problem is that it, it poses some challenges, obviously, with the, with the, uh, the, the conditions of the land to build on. Yeah. So say you do buy uh, a property on the bog, you weren't aware. Yes. What, what, what are some of the, the steps that you would take to, to start building? And yeah, the process, about, yeah, the right? process, right? I'd like to know. Sure. There, there's, there's two, well, there's two main Main, there's several different ways, of course, depending on the type of peat. And again, there's different types. Okay. So there's different types of peat and there's different depths of peat. So you've got to address that situation. So in order to do that, you bring in a geotechnical engineer. Now that's a separate engineer from your structural engineer. So that's, and that's an additional cost. Okay. To you. They're going to bring in uh, an excavator. They're going to do some testing. They're typically what they do is they will dig a hole unless they know that it's 30 feet deep or better, um, or 20 feet deep, or so on. Uh, if they know that it's it's quite deep, then we're just going to drill a helical pile, which is, a, if you can imagine, it's a, it's a great big screw with, with a long post attached to it. And they'll screw that down into the ground to see where the bearing material is. How deep is it? And then we design, basically, a grid that will support the entire weight of that house. Right. And, and then you build what is called a slab on grade on top of those, those piles. So you're bringing in the geotech. They're going to tell you how many piles are needed, where they're needed, and how deep they're going to go. And each one of those piles is rated by, um, a, a measurement called kips. And, and basically a kip is a thousand pounds. So each pile has to be able to bear a certain amount of kips to then take the weight of the house. Right. And then to further com- uh, make it complicated, you look at different um, uh, ways in which you can build homes because there's panelized products that are light, like a SIP panel is a light um, uh, panelized um, engineered product that you can use to keep the weight of the house down. You don't want to put a ton of concrete, so you don't want radiant in-floor heat. It's complex, but if you have a builder that's familiar, you can definitely can make this all very simple, right, by... Um, making a lot of the, de- not making the decisions for you, but just this is how we're going to do it. We don't have to re- reinvent the wheel every time, right? Right. So um, the the second way, so the first way is the helical piles, right, which we talked about. You drill into the ground until you find something bearing way down there. The second one, and if you only have two or three feet of peat, is you can dig it out. You can actually just bring an excavator. They'll, they'll dig that all that out until you find something that's bearing. It's probably not hard pan, which is what we like to typically build on. But again, as long as it's something, you know, bearing is strong enough to bear the weight of the house. The only caveat with that as a, and I go back to the, is the water table. 
In certain cases, you're only going to dig down a couple feet and you're going to find running water. And so what is going to happen if you dig down and start pumping that water out? What's going to happen to the neighboring houses? Right. 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 So all of a sudden they start to sink the more you pump the water out. And that's where those the helical piles are the most economical and, and what I would coin is the safest way to build on peat. And uh, just because you're not disturbing your neighbor's property. Right? Have we been dealing have we been building with uh, helical piles for a long time in Vancouver? Or not it? not a tremendous amount of time, to be honest. Um, they were more invented and brought in to build commercial stuff in Delta. Um, and uh, and then of course, now we have several different manufacturers uh, of helical piles. Uh, again, not all of them are the same. So there's research and, and understanding that needs to be had there. Um, again, you know, some of them aren't treated, um, the, the metal itself isn't galvanized. And when you're working with a highly acidic substrate like the peat, it attacks that metal very rapidly. So they have to be treated and coated and so on. So oh, that'd the, be brutal yeah, if you made so that mistake. <laughs> exactly. So there's, there's definitely, and, and some of them, the life on them, the lifetime warranties and stuff can be as low as 20 years. Yeah. So you, there's there's a there's caution there, but again, if you have an experienced builder, they know who and what and where and and what what to use. Uh, traditionally, and you've seen them on the side of the highway, they would use um, the driven piles. You know, the big round tubes, right? And then they have that big hammer that hits the, on a, on a crane that hits them, and they're loud. And you, you know, they need those are are, are quite effective as well, but they're they're costly. And also, again, if you start hammering away on your property, what's going to happen to your neighbor's property, right? Every time that ground shakes, you have a consolidation and that house is going to drop and drop and drop and drop. And that's a big problem, right? You don't want to have lawsuits with your neighbors. That's not the best way to start out your new neighborly, (laughs) uh, you know. Welcome to the neighborhood. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Sorry about your house. Uh, It's now six (laughs) inches shorter than what it was. It's funny because that's the, so, I mean, you've seen in excavation, often the geotech gets brought in um, because they're concerned about, especially where narrow lots where you don't have a lot of clearance between you and your neighbor Mm -hmm. um, and you have to excavate almost the the full width of the lot. That's right. um, You get to a place where the geotech comes and and is constantly on site. And the other thing we haven't really mentioned, but geotechs are really important, but they're also maybe one of the more expensive engineers uh, out there perhaps? Yeah, I mean... It's not a cheap uh, cost it, to have a no, geotech no. on site a lot, often. That's a good way to put it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not um, a cheap um, alternative, basically. Right. Um, and again, they're taking a horrendous amount of risk, right? Exactly. So their their cost is, is, is warranted because they take a tremendous amount of risk. A lot 100%. of things can go wrong, 100%. right? And that's where... Now, we've done full basements in peat where the basement itself would be completely submerged in the wintertime. So, and, and we have completely waterproofed that basement. It's called tanking. And we've built, uh, basically had to build a retaining cage that completely encased in, in, in that foundation. And, um, you know, that was a very costly venture for that particular individual. Uh, and that's definitely our, the, on the more complex end of things, uh, the work that we've done. They must have really liked that street. Yeah. It, it, the, the thing was is that – I have to be by trouble. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the trouble with Vancouver is they have a bylaw that your basement and main floor need to be the same square footage 
in order to max, as you know, right. in order to max out your FSR. And then that third floor is, you know, you shrink that in a little bit, right? So you're, you're, it's, you're getting hit twice with the peak, right? And, and cause typically, uh, 90% of the time there's no basements in a, in a, in a peat belt, you know, it's just, you just forego that you pay a little bit of extra on, on those helical piles, but you're not building a basement. So it kind of works out in the wash for you, but you'll definitely lose that FSR, the square footage. Right. Right. So, so in terms of like geotech, I'm just thinking of the process. So yeah. somebody's out with you, you know, you're uh, generous enough with your time to go see an open house. They love the, they love a place that's on the bog. Yeah. Um, the next steps that you just outlined, uh, kind of establishing, figuring out kind of what you need to do. Can we talk about how much that tax on in terms of time and and even like ballpark figures? I guess it depends on what they find. But mm-hmm. are you tacking on like an extra hundred grand, an extra fifty grand? Mm-hmm. You know, like in real general terms, sure, an extra five hundred grand potentially. Yeah. So basically, in our realm, the simplest peat build. We're talking about a forty to fifty thousand dollar uptick, okay? Um, but again, we've gone right up to close to half a million dollars to get back up to grade, depending on, you know, the complexities of the project. So, so it's quite vast, but the majority is definitely on that lower end. So, so you're gonna you buy this house on Pete. You 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 bring your builder along, or he's already a part of the the or he or she is a part of the process. You get your geotech. You do your testing. You figure out how deep you need to go and then you design your house basically and the slab of your house that's going is is almost a separate entity so that becomes this this uh third party so to speak and it is fully structural fully engineered and it'll get you to grade with a flat surface the dimensions that you need for your house and then you're free to design the house that you want from there on, basically. So once you're at grade, you're you're home free. Though all that work is done up front, it does add a bit of time, but it's more so um, just organizing the machinery to get to site to drill those piles in. Because the, the 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 piles, the helical piles, have a helix welded onto the bottom of a pipe, basically, and they just screw it in the ground, and they just go and go and go until it it hits again a, a certain. Um, a certain kips and they measure that kips by actually trying to pull it back out of the ground. So basically if, if, if it can withstand 20,000 pounds of pressure, pulling it back out of the ground, it'll definitely handle that pressure, driving it into right. the ground basically. Right. Yeah. And then we usually, it's a grid pattern of about eight feet just for generic terms. Okay. That, that we're using in terms of the piles. So in certain cases you're in that, you know, call it 24, 26, maybe if you're in, Vancouver ish, right, with the size of houses. And of course that can that can go up for garages and any other structures that are on the house, right? So if I understand though correctly, you're you're almost getting as a person who bought a a, a bog land a lot, a, mm-hmm. a lot on bog land. Yeah. Um you're kinda almost getting hit twice because you first of all you have the added cost of the uh, you know, call it seventy to a hundred thousand potentially mm-hmm. of of finding the solid ground. Yeah. Um, but then you also have taken the hit of losing the square footage. The square footage. So yeah. your so you your best use now is impeded to the maybe point one five or point mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. of of your buildable. Yeah. It sounds like. So 
Yeah, and I, I don't, you know, again, an architect would be able to answer that better than I would in terms of what, what the actual calculations are. But, you know, even going from, you know, 70% down to 60% is, is that's a big deal in Vancouver, sure. right? Sure. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So that, that, that's a huge deal. So you are getting hit. And then, of course, you know, on top of that, you do have the lower lot value, which never really goes away. Right. I, 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 and I, you guys might know better than me, but I, even a house that is built on piles and brought up to code and just built, it's still going to be cheaper than the one that's on solid ground, I think. Yeah. Right? I, I think, think that's right. a fair assumption, right? So you do get dinged. And so, you know, but if it's a long-term investment that you're going to live in and then your children's are going, children are going to live in, then why not? Right. You're basically saying you got to hold it for a hundred years. <laughs> you got to hold the darn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you, sure. I mean, you can imagine that there's a lot of family homes that have, that were originally built on the bog that now yep. they want to stay put in the area or build it out. And yeah, the family, has there's some wonderful neighborhoods in, in, oh, for in, sure. in those. Well, bogs, yeah, that's right? the, I feel like that's a constant conversation about Trout Lake, right? It's like, that's Oh right. my God, look at this place right across from the park. Yep. It's like, hold yeah. on. Hold on. Yeah, no, a good a good friend of mine lives right on Trout Lake, unimpeded view of the park, and we renovated that place years ago. We didn't do any of the structural work. The house is has a very large it's a large lot, so it has a large footprint, which is actually working towards like for it. And you know, we were able to jack up a few corners and we removed the um, the chimney, which really weighs down on the bog in in a specific load, so it's not really good for the peat bog to have chimneys and stuff. But again, prior to that renovation, the, you know, a great party game was to, to race the cans across the living room floor, right? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, but it, it's just part Along of the... Along with it's, his tears. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's part of the community to have a house that, you know, is a little roly-poly. Right, you know? yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, I guess the other thing is, is like one of the things that uh, when we spoke off air, Jeff, you were saying like a lot of companies don't necessarily know how to tackle oh, yeah. or they don't have the experience. That's so, right. And yeah. so why uh, you guys seem to have kind of filled a bit of a void here uh, to some extent, like what it sounds like it's a complicated pill. It, it, it is. Sound like it is. And a we're, lot of fun. We're, yeah. we're suckers for punishment basically <laughs> is what it is. Um, you know, we, we were contacted early on and I, I never, I don't like to shy away from a challenge, right? Because uh, it helps set you apart, right? And, and you know, who wants to just do the same thing every day, day in, day out anyway? And, and, and um, so I, I do enjoy these these challenging builds and it, they, they force you to do your research and think and learn. Uh, so it brings a lot to a builder who enjoys that type of work. And I, I like to educate people and other builders and I like to learn myself um, so that's basically how how we got started right and uh, and of course you want to stay employed so if that means you're building a house on Pete you have to learn how to build a house on Pete to, to keep going and and stay employed then so be it and so we learned it on early on we were very lucky to meet the right people right off the bat as well so you know we got in contact with the right engineers and the, and the right subcontractors we were fortunate that way, and I think that was um, a big part of the reason why we've we've stuck with it and done so many projects on on Pete. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of the rest is the is is history, so to speak, you know. And and once you've done a few of them, then you just know who to call and and what to do and what the process is. And it's really no different than building any other house. There's just a couple of more phone calls and a couple of more steps. But at the end of the day, I'm we're we're still going to build you a house that will 
you know, perform in a, a seismic event and, and so on and so forth. So, it, it, you know, there. And, and if you, if I understand correctly, if somebody's building on the bog uh, right now, Mm-hmm. They're not going to have the 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 issues with, you know, it's gonna it, it's gonna perform. It's not going to sink, you know, after you guys are done with through That's the whole right. process. That's right. The, the really the only thing is the the loss of uh, some of the square footage really with yep. the basement and the fact that when you go to sell it, somebody's going to go wait a second. Is this on the bog? Mm-hmm. Basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the very least, when that happens, you have all the documentation and engineering to show them that it's not going anywhere. Right. And in fact, that's part of how we have to build the house is we have to plan for the rest of the soil and the houses and the sidewalk and the road to continue to drop around the house. So all of our piping that come out of the house or your drainage and so on all has to be highly flexible, very strong piping because everything else is still continuing to drop. You have to remember that. And in 25 years, 40 years after we build this house, there'll be gaps, you know, six inches, eight inches between the soil and the actual house. As as that peat continues to what they call, uh, the term they use is consolidate. So it continues to break down. Which is pretty neat to think Jeez, about, right? Yeah, no kidding. I, uh, it's beyond my pay grade. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. of grades, uh, but uh, just, just, um, I just have a couple more questions. Sure One thing. is, and this is more of a curiosity. Like most people that contact you, are they, are they aware that they're buying on the bog, or that they or have that a house on the bog? Uh, or is it like at that stage, are they like, I just made a huge mistake or I just found this out, you know, I've been there three years or whatever. Right. Is it- Most of the time, the real estate agents have done their job and they have notified them of that. The The, the trouble that then follows that is is maybe the misinformation or just lack of understanding on on what it's going to take. And again, that is so lot specific. Yeah. Right. Um you know, for, for an example, those helical piles are charged by the foot. You pay for that first helix, which is seven feet tall, and then you're paying for every single linear foot of those pipes. And in some cases, there's 30 of them. So you take that number, multiply that by 30. So the cost can vary quite wildly depending on the depth. Right. right? And so that's where people get into trouble. They're aware of the, of the bog. And they're, they're okay. Yeah, we know we're gonna, you know, pay an extra twenty five thousand dollars when it's actually, unfortunately, in, in their case, it could be one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. So it's a, there's a bit of misinformation there, or just a lack of understanding is is more, I think, what what happens. But the majority of people are the folks that have just lived there their whole life, and they want to build new, build new, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, the whole multi generational thing in Vancouver is huge. So, you know, they're going in with it with the parents or the kids or, you know, however that looks. And um, they just don't want – they wanted to stop shifting basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right? Right. So, yeah. Um, maybe we'll leave it there then uh, unless you got any more questions. Well, I, I have just one more question and it's not bog specific. But, uh, you know, we – on the show we talked to – uh, mortgage brokers, economists, politicians, all of these people, but we've basically talked to everyone about COVID and and uh, predictions and everything. And I'm not going to ask you any predictions on the market, but I, I am curious if you guys have been busy this year and what your years looked like um, as a home builder here in Vancouver. Well, it's uh, it's, it's a good question. Um, we definitely did have that 
initial, you know, drawback. Um, right. when, and you guys were busy in the, at the start of yep, the year? Or yeah, 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 we're busy. And then we had uh, a few of those folks, um, we, we did have that drawback. It really depends on the type of construction as well. We've had other colleagues that work in town condos and townhouses exclusively. They really got clawed back and, and were really hurt by it. Um, luckily for us with the single families and stuff, we're not working you know, directly or in the same house with, with uh, our clients. So that was a blessing. However, um, the phones are ringing off the hook. Our, our architects are super busy. So even the, the, the guys out there who might be struggling, it's, it's going to be short-lived is, is my uh, expectation because, you know, again, we can, we can usually see that wave coming down the pipe through the, the professionals that are out right. there. And uh, it's definitely coming. We've had feedback that uh, architects have never been busier in their career than what they are right now, which is great news for us. Yeah. yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. We also have this segment called the Five Wire. Uh, Jeff, okay. five yep. quick questions about you in Vancouver. Okay. Can you stick around for that? I sure can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? East Van. I lived in East Van Renfrew Heights, and I loved that area. Nice. Oh, yeah. I've actually been talking a lot about Renfrew Heights. Yeah. Lately, yeah. yeah. Good pocket. Yeah, it is a good pocket. It's changing rapidly right now too. <laughs> no it's, kidding. Yeah, yeah. I drive through our old neighborhood, and it's not the same. Yeah. yeah. Where are you now? Are you? Outside? I'm actually out in Langley now. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we. I bought a few acres out that way, so. You can uh, take the boy out of the farm, but yeah, you can't. that's right. That's exactly. <laughs> you, don't even have to finish you know, it. I needed a second full-time job, right? <laughs> Who doesn't, right? So there you go. <laughs> uh, favorite bar or restaurant? Man, um, that is a good question. I'm I'm terrible at this. Sort yeah. of stuff. I don't really. You know what? There used to be a sushi restaurant down in Denman that has now closed. It was 100 my favorite. But like the sushi restaurants, they kind of come and go, right? It's, they yeah, just yeah. Uh, float around. <laughs> so on, right now, I'm, I'm tapped out. I don't have anything. Sorry. Hey, fair enough. Yeah. Um, one book you would recommend any of our listeners to read? doesn't have to be building specific. It doesn't have to no. be building specific. <laughs> huh, that's a good one, too. Um, anything from Wendell Berry. Anything from, from Wendell, Wendell Berry. Berry. And if you don't know who he is, look him up. Yeah. Okay. Look him up. Good one. Good one. Okay. <laughs> uh, one piece of advice that you'd give your 18-year-old self. Oh, man. Just <laughs> one, hard. eh? Just one? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Um, focus better, harder, <laughs> longer. Just focus. <laughs> that's the first time we've had that answer, but that's a good one. There that you is go. a good one. Yeah. One that every 18-year-old needs yeah. right yeah. now. Just better, yeah. longer, harder. Longer, harder, <laughs> yes. Just in every way, focus. Yeah. Turn off yeah. your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, last but not least, uh, what is something in the last year you've bought for under $1,000 that has had a lasting impact on your life? Man, these are hard questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we save um, the best for last. I always deliver it like they're easy. Like yeah, five, exactly. Five, five, five quick, quick questions. Yeah. Five quick questions. Um, the Instapot. I've, uh, is there not an... And there is a full-on cult, cult, yeah. cult following on the Instapot, Who, I what, tell you. What is the Instapot? Wait, no, this oh, is yeah. the second person that's had it on the show. There you go. Really? It's that life-altering. I'm telling you right now. Is this like for like, is it like a slow cooker? It's everything. <laughs> so Who like, was somebody? It was a while <laughs> back where the Instapot was was mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you gotta check it out. 
Yeah. It's a slow cooker, pressure cooker, rice cooker, yogurt maker, everything all in one. You just plug it in and walk away. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's a life changer. I don't, I don't need any more of these things, but yeah, I feel no. like my I feel like but you're gonna thank buy God it. my wife doesn't listen to this. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I feel like we're all gonna get an Instapot one of these days. Yeah, yeah, you got to it. Yeah, yeah, get them when they're on sale, though. You know, that's just the Scottish in me. That's just you got to get them when they're on sale. But uh, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Jeff, how can people find out more about what you guys are doing at JDL Homes? Just check out more. our website and Facebook, JDL Homes, you know, Vancouver. And uh, we're out there. We're, uh, we're hard on the social media. And uh, I do a lot of training seminars and, and on various things as well. So I'm usually out and about. Um, and, uh, well, again, we'll post all that sort of stuff. Cool. And, yeah. And um, I've got, like you guys found, there's a few YouTube videos out there from us yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff with regard to the Pete and if you don't mind, I'll just take a second just to say, you know, I know we've been, it's kind of scary the way that we've been communicating about the peat, but it right. doesn't have to be, right? You know what I mean? There's there's costs and, and so on. I, I don't want to scare people off of the peat. I don't want a bunch of hate mail from people that live on peat bugs that are trying to sell their house. Right, right. But because it is, it's possible and it's relatively easy. It just, you know, there's costs associated with anything. It's no different than building a hot tub on your roof. You know, there's exactly. costs associated, right. associated, right? I think the yeah. big thing is, is a lot of people in the market have actively avoided peat. But yeah. I mean, if you get it at the right price. discounted price, yep. it there's nothing wrong sense. with it. There's and nothing wrong no, with it. There's right. nothing wrong with it. And you'll have a perfectly sound house in the end. Yeah, And, and like we've said, uh, we've said it a few times, but some of the best like micro neighborhoods yeah. are on That's peat. right. Right, that's like right. there's 100%. and people all often think of Trout Lake, but there's pockets of peat everywhere, right? Yeah, that's so right. it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's something to consider. But we'll, we'll have the we'll have the map. We'll, we'll have, have the, the map, map and a link to uh, to JDL Home so you can learn more and you can communicate with Jeff. And um, yeah, thanks so much for taking the time today. Oh, thank you guys. It yeah. was fun. It was fun. Right on. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Jeff Langford from JDL Homes Vancouver. Really enjoyed that conversation with Jeff, Matt. And if you are looking for a house in the city of Vancouver, um, or actually in greater Vancouver in general, you need to be aware of building conditions. You need to be aware of uh, the peat bog areas. Um, you also need to know about floodplains and anything that can can compromise soil conditions for building. So this is this is something, step one is check out the peat bog map for the city of Vancouver. This is available on our website, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. We have a high definition copy of the map. It's going to be on our site. You can check that out. Um, and a second step, which we do a lot for our clients that are looking in East Vancouver in the detached market is we often call the city to verify as well. The city's really good at responding to those calls and, and, uh, checking. I, I don't know if they're, to be quite honest, I don't know what they're actually consulting that's any better I feel better like the they're map. consulting the map. Is and it they possible might just be, that they have a better map than us? While they're zooming in, they said, well, uh, often you get, uh, yeah, from our perspective, it doesn't look like there's going to be any issues right. or something like that. And they always, there's disclaimers, right? Yeah. Uh, they couldn't always make a, certain. Yeah, couldn't say for certain, but, but it's definitely. Not in, it's not in an area of concern for us at this moment. Right. And then, I mean, if if it, if all, if it still is questionable, you can always get some soil tests done. Get you know, take it to the next steps. Call someone like Jeff 
um, who can help you out with it and point you in the right direction and, uh, and get you in touch with the right people. Absolutely. What else do we have, Adam? Today, we have VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is where all things real estate live. We got the Sellers Club. We got the Livewire. This is our weekly email list. We got Deal of the Month. Most importantly. Yes. Well, is it most importantly? I don't know. But we got the tried and true. This is private client services. We have hung this podcast hat on private client services for five years. Yeah, man. If you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us are power walking by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information. It's free. It's at your fingertips. It's available at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is, by the way, and for people that are new listeners that aren't part of the, the VREP community, this is how to look for real estate in Vancouver. It's a research tool. Uh, you can set it very specifically for targeted searches, and it sends you listing updates in real time when something hits the market. It also tells you what something sold for, and it's it's a phenomenal way to look for real estate. That's exactly right. There is no better way to look for real estate in Vancouver. If you're not using PCS, you're doing it wrong. If you want to talk about that, the Sellers Club, the Bog Map, anything real estate related at all. We just did a talk with Dustin Woodhouse this morning. Yes, I think yeah. that's going to be on Vimeo. I don't even know where that's going. But, it's uh, it's going to be. We'll actually, we'll put that maybe on our site. We should maybe release that as a featurette. We'll talk to Dustin about it. But that was a good a good chat with Dustin. Yeah, it was a morning. great, great good conversation with with, uh, with the old old fan favorite there, Dustin Woodhouse. Uh, if you want to talk about that too, 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We also got that secret line, info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. A guy who's familiar with pile driving, but not so much uh, the bog, <laughs> more so uh, just a fan of the WWE. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Oh, oh, the rattling bog, the bug down in the valley, oh. Rear bog, the rattling bog, the bug down in the valley, oh. Well, in the bog there was a hole, a rear hole, a rattling hole. Hole in the bog, in the bug down in the valley, oh. Oh, oh, the rattling bog, the bug down in the valley, oh. Rear bog, the rattling bog, the bug down in the valley, oh. Two thousand spaces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that 
you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 